So this blog is about the Norse deity Frey. And I'm going to be honest, this is about the fourth time I've tried to record this because I have such a web of information. I keep getting tangled about where to start and where to finish. This is not a historical blog. Uh, this is a reflection of my personal understanding of working with the deity with some mythology and some associations woven through. So if you're looking to understand the deity or the rune or to work with the deity or the rune, then hopefully this blog will help you. So trying to find a good place to start and uh, a train of thoughts, as it were. Frey is the, is the male deity. Uh, he can get confused with Freya, his twin sister, the female. And the two of them are part of the Vanya. <clears throat> so within Norse mythology, there appear to be different groups or families, or tribes, if you like, of um, deities. And the Vanya deities are, that we are aware of are Njord, who represents the sea, um, and his two children, Frey, who is a male god of sexuality, of harvest, of the woodland, and his twin sister Freya, uh, who is goddess of sexuality, magic, and also Valkyrie, so with the warrior element there. When I think about Frey, um, there is a huge association with wealth. And <clears throat> one of the best ways to sort of understand um, the deities is to look at their myths and legends and to look at the rune poems. And so one of Frey's rune poems is um, Wealth causes strife amongst kinsmen. The wolf grows up in the wood. And the sound for his rune is fee. So we still use the word fee in English language. You pay a fee, pay a toll, you pass money across. The word fee is linked to cattle and the concept of movable wealth, which cattle would have been, you know, it would have been something you move with you. Um, you could trade cattle. So there is a whole link with fray, fee and wealth. And when we think about the rune poem, wealth causes strife amongst kinsmen. I think we can all understand that. We've probably all experienced it on some level or another. The wolf grows up in the wood. To me, that is all about the, um, the balance of nature. That in difficult years, or if man wanted too much of the land, then the man and the wolf would be fighting for territory, as it were. But in good years, and in years when man kept to his, you know, allotted territory, then the wolf had enough space to grow up in the wolf in the wood, and the two would work in a sort of a, you know, inequality, as it were. So whenever Frey is around, if you're doing rune readings, you're getting the fee rune, have a tune in to the concept of wealth, and is it causing discord in your life? Is it causing strife? Or is your abundance your wealth? And remember, in modern times, this isn't just money. This is about, you know, your possessions, your belongings, your work time, all of those things. Is there a balance there? Because when I think about Frey and when I think about his connection to the harvest, I really think about the corn god, the wheel of the year. And how 
um, to harvest something, we need to have planted it and then we need to have cut it or harvested it. And at some point, we need to replant those seeds. So it is that cycle of out of the earth grows something to be harvested and some of that needs to be put back into the earth. So it is the cycle of life. And a really great way to connect with this is to read or listen to the, the song of Old John Barleycorn and the cycle of death and regeneration. There is a real parallel, a reflection between Odin and Frey. So Odin, um, when he realised that his son Balder, the sun god, um, was going to die, Odin and Frigg did everything they could to preserve the status quo, to stop the cycle of life. Because when we get to midsummer, when we get to Baldurvaki, the sun does start to die. That is the cycle here in the Northern Hemisphere. And Frey is the cycle, I think, of life and death, of regeneration. Whether that is in a, in a year, going from you know the spring harvests where the seeds are sown to the harvest festivals where the seed is harvested and cycling round again or whether it's the cycle of our own death so to me Frey is about wealth and abundance but about living in tune with the cycles of our life and when I think about a good harvest and peace I think for most of us peace is about Yes, having enough abundance to meet our own needs, but probably not too much more. You know, if we become too focused on accumulating wealth or abundance, that tends to distract us, I think, from being in the moment and from enjoying our life. And I think peace, people who have peace, they have a sense of rhythm to their life. They have a sense of living in tune both to the natural cycle and to the cycles of their life. And it's interesting as a tarot reader and a shaman, um, and I'm experiencing this myself, a lot of people are really struggling this January. A lot of people are, are feeling ill, they're feeling tired, they're feeling blue. And I think it is because we're tired. You know, it's cold, it's dark, and there is a desire to rest more, perhaps to be more creative or to read books or to just sort of hunker down you know, with family or loved ones, and yet the modern world needs us to go at the same pace as we would in summer. And I think people are tired because our body clock and our psychology based on the time of the year is saying rest, rest, rest. And the world is going work, work, work. And I think it is leading to this sort of sense of depression and, and tiredness. So to me, Frey is all about the cycles and living in tune with cycles. I see three very distinct elements of Frey. And when I'm working as a shaman, I literally see three three different sides, three different representations of Frey. And this is also um, connected, I think, to the old Icelandic uh, rune poem. So I'll run through that and sort of describe the three elements of Frey as I've experienced it. So the first uh, line of the rune poem is Wealth, the Source of Discord, which is very similar, of course, to the, uh, the Norse poem. And that to me is what I call Frey. 
Um, my my perception of Freya is very much like Robin in the Hood. He is very much that um, <clears throat> May energy, that enthusiasm, but also a sense of righteousness feels a bit wrong, but wanting things to be equal, wanting things to be right. That is what I call good time Frey. And he's delightful to work with. I'm going to be honest and say that other shamans and psychics that have seen that element of Frey when working with me tend to describe him as naked. Um, People have even asked me to ask my guy to put some clothes on. Uh, He's a Norse god of sexuality. So yeah, often (laughs) he's naked. It's okay. Um, the next line is one that I've thought about for a lot. And I'm not, I don't have any definitive answers on this one. I am sharing my best fit theory at the time, which may or may not resonate with you. The line is fire of the sea. Now, on one level, I link this to Amber. Um, you know, Amber looking like when it's polished up fire, I'm very often found on the seashore. But I also link this now um, to Alfheim. So Frey is named as Prince of Alfheim, where Alf is an elf and Heim is home. And it's then very specifically listed as Los Alfheim, home of the light elves. Not a lot is talked about the the Los Alpha or even Alfheim. And a curiosity is in the Norse pantheon, I've been most places now. Um, I've been doing this for many, many years and I've journeyed to many, many places. I've not yet been to Alfheim. Um, And I almost always meet Frey when I'm working. And I think that Alfheim is and this is Christian language, so it doesn't quite fit, but it's the best language I have. I think Alfheim is heavenly. I think it is a a light and peaceful and beautiful higher dimension, though I hate that word as well, sort of a place. And I tend to think I've not been there because I'd struggled to come back. Um, to me, I do wonder whether fire of the sea refers to, uh, to Alfheim. And I can only link this to Tolkien. I know Tolkien, you know, was a great student of Norse mythology. And this concept of the elves sailing west. So this idea that I would say they were going to Alfheim. I'm looking forward to playing with this further. But fire of the sea. the I describe the... Um, that sort of light fire energy of Frey as, as fire Frey. And to me, this is the priestly aspect of Frey. I think all the Vanya can be kings and priests. I've only met this side of Frey a few times. He seems to shine. I think that the Vanya are very much connected with the Los Alpha. He seems to shine. He seems to be intense. There is a purity and an energy that is less human is more divine that's the only way i can describe it possibly my favorite side of Frey is the side that i call graph Frey. so if Frey is about the cycle of life and if he is about both the harvest and the planting let's remember harvesting is actually the death of the plant 
in many cases. I mean, like we could argue when we harvest an apple, we're not killing the apple, but the, the apple tree. But when we harvest grain, and this is a grain deity to me, we are cutting it down. That's the whole point of old John Barleycorn. So the last uh, sentence of the old Icelandic rune poem is usually translated as path of the serpent. But if we look at the original, the words that are actually there um, is graph side. So graph is grave and side is the altered state of consciousness that I experience when I do shamanic journeying. And I call what I do with the chanting lock side, where lock is the chant and side is the altered state of consciousness. So to me, path of the serpent is about connecting to the ancestors. It is about those that have died before us. And so I guess I consider the Robin Hood Frey, the Frey Frey, to be the spring energy and the planting and the mayday and the Beltane and the, the excited potential of the harvest yet to come. Graf Frey, I, I link very much to um, Samhain and perhaps the late August harvest festivals. They are about the, the culling of the animals, the culling of the corn to gather your harvest. To me, I often see Grafrey with, with um, huge antlers, with the sort of the moss coming off, sort of a goth vibe. Um, he's very withdrawn. He's very intense he's very directive and he knows what needs to be done in a shamanic journey and will be very intense on it happening and I guess you know that is that sort of that that death that concept of when death comes to us whether that's a psychological death or an emotional death or a literal death it just needs to be faced. It just needs, there is an acceptance about Graf Frey. And I think the fire fray, the priestly fray, is very much connected with midwinter. And I don't have any sort of evidence apart from personal experience, but to me, there are these different sides of him. If you wanted to sort of work with Frey or the rune itself, to me, he is a great deity or a great rune to work for, for transformation. He's fire and fire transforms. Now, there are other fire runes and other fire deities. We have Loki. I mean, I very much associate Loki with fire, but Loki is wildfire. So, you know, he's chaos. You work with Loki, you'll get change. Don't know what change, but you'll get it. Whereas I think if you work with Frey, you will get the change that is right for you for this stage of your life. So if you're going through a transition, if, you're if you are looking to let go of something to allow something else to come in, I think the Firun or Frey would be wonderful to work with. Anything to do with libido, um, which can be sexual, of course, but a passion for something important to you. Frey would be wonderful for that. Obviously, uh, wealth is a wonderful thing for to work with with Frey. Um, and also self-worth and valuing ourselves. 
Um, anything to do with the solar plexus, wonderful for Frey. I feel that I should just acknowledge one of the issues with Frey. Um, I like working with him too much to usually be um, too aware of you know, his dark side. But I think his dark side really comes into play in the um, story of good. And telling it super quickly, uh, Frey decides to climb up onto Odin's high seat. Traditionally, only Odin and Frigg sit upon his high seat. And as he's on his high seat, he catches a glimpse of Gerd. She is a Jotun. I tend to think of her as the rising sun personified. And he, I'm sure Frey would say he fell in love. I don't think so. I don't think you fall in love in that very first moment. I think he fell in obsession. And he came down and he spoke to his servant, who I tend to think was Odin in disguise. And basically, he worked with his servant to ensure that he had Gerd's hand. Uh, it started off with asking. Perhaps there was some pleading. But believe me, it quickly got into threats of curses, threats of rune magic. Um, you know, the point is that Frey wanted Gerd regardless of what she wanted. And perhaps more importantly, regardless of the cost or the consequence. Because what actually happened is that Frey gave his magic sword, the unbeatable sword, the shining, brightening, cleansing sword. He gave that up. Who knows where it went? I tend to think Odin pocketed that one. Um, and Gerd agreed to be with Frey. But said that she would have to wait. He would have to wait nine days and nine nights. And these nine days and these nine nights are described as torments. And again, we have this direct reflection with Odin, because when Odin wanted the gift of the runes, he chose to hang upon Idrisil for nine days and the nine nights to receive the gift of the runes. But it was an act. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was aiming for. He knew what the cost was. He knew what the consequences were. Whereas with Frey, he just became obsessed. He lost all sight of what Gerd might want, all sight of what the payment might be, all sight as to whether this was the right thing or not. He wanted Gerd, end of story. And when we think about Ragnarok and um, Frey was killed by the fire giant Surt and Frey was fighting with an antlertine. Who knows? Maybe if Frey had had an unbeatable fire sword, maybe the Aesir would have won Ragnarok. I guess we're caught in that weird scenario where Ragnarok needed to happen to start the cycle again. But that is the downside of working with Frey is the, 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 the obsession. So if you are caught in an obsession, if you are struggling to let something go, if you know there is something that you are determined or obsessed about from your past, perhaps, or something you are trying to bring into your future, then actually Frey is a good deity or rune to work with. 
I mean, for me, I definitely journey to work with the gods through a shamanic journeying. Um, you may want to journal and explore sort of how phrase knowledge reflects your situation. You may want to work with the rune. It's a single upright line with two upright parallel lines. Um, if you go to my website, there's a list of all the gods with the runes there. Um, you might want to use the rune as a talisman. You might want to have it, you know, to wear it around your neck or to have it somewhere powerful for you. And I also find working with the sound of the rune really powerful. So for me, I connect this sound particularly with the solar plexus. So if it feels right for you, you might just want to put your hands on the solar plexus. This isn't a meditation as such. I'm just chanting the sound a couple of times to give you a feel. So the sound of his rune is very much... And I experienced that very much as an as a, a rising energy. And his fire. So working with candle magic, working with the sound fee, working with the name Frey, working with the rune, you know, explore. Um, what I think with this kind of thing is if you've got a transferable skill set, if you've got perhaps Reiki or connections with Celtic deities, work with what you've got and weave this in. And the bottom line is, if it's working for you, then you're doing it right. OK, it's not a case of um, replicating what works for someone else. It is a case of connecting with the energy and understanding how you can make it work for you.